7 Pinpoint Forecast for Wednesday. Cloudy with showers this morning, including some briefly mixed rain and snow in the outlying areas. Higher elevations, of course. Cooler temperatures, highs in the upper 40s. For Thursday, mostly sunny and warmer temperatures, highs in the lower 50s. And expect showers to return for Friday and through the weekend. Views expressed on the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Producer Benny here for the Dr. Pat Show. Carolyn Mace, I want to remind you, is coming to Seattle to present a workshop based on her new book, Entering the Castle, on March 25th. Now, Dr. Pat, today, don't forget, today is giving away tickets to 15 lucky callers and a chance to go to Carolyn Mace's workshop. So listen in and enjoy the interview with Carolyn Mace. And don't forget, 15 winners when you hear the cue to call. For this magical journey with Carolyn Mace. Don't forget, when you hear the cue to call and attend this powerful workshop. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Thank you for all of the emails, all of the support, and your feedback about our new website. Uh, all of this is taken into consideration, and uh, I want to thank you for the continuing the support that you've, you've given us. And it is because of what you are and what you do that we continue to do this show and bring you the kinds of guests Guests that are out there taking their message out into the world, fearless in what they do, that we're able to uh, uplift and change the vibration on this planet. My guest today, Carolyn Mace, is someone that I have had the pleasure of speaking with on air and in person many times. I am totally jazzed about what she is doing and what she's bringing out into the world right now as as i have been with many many things as you know on fridays we also feature the work of stephanie dora and sacred contract so you've heard carolyn's name over and over again even if you have not met her in person or in the show you will have an opportunity in the seattle area to witness one of the most amazing lectures and we're talking about that today entering the castle so let me just give you a little bit of information. If you don't know about Carolyn or her, her work, I was first introduced to her work in around 1997 through the book Anatomy of the Spirit. Uh, and since that point in time, I've been able to have many conversations with her, have been able to follow her work, uh, love the work that she's done on sacred contracts and in creating CMED. Uh, institute, you know that Stephanie Durham is a graduate of, the, of that institute, so you've heard us talk about it. She's joining us today on a tour that she is doing and what we're calling Entering the Castle. And so this is a new topic for me. I'm totally jazzed about this, and I want to welcome you to the show, Carolyn. Do you think that's a new topic for me? Well, I don't know, but I, your introduction is certainly generous. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. 
you know, entering the castle. Mm-hmm. I, I've looked at that. I've been with this, you know, a little bit since I knew I was going to kind of do the show. And I wanted to ask you to talk to our listeners about this topic, entering the castle, what it means and why this is important to you right now. Well, entering the castle was inspired um, by the work of Teresa Vanvila, who was a um, 15th century uh, Spanish Carmelite nun. And she uh, wrote a masterpiece. She was a mystic. And she wrote a masterpiece called The Interior Castle. And what she meant by castle was that was her symbolic word for the soul. So she was referring to the interior soul. And I was completely taken by that work, not the first time I read it, which was 25 years ago, 26, 27 years ago when I was a graduate student in theology. But rather, again, when I looked at it now, you know, when I wrote Anatomy of the Spirit, I took a look at a multiple of sevens, the seven sacraments, the seven chakras, the seven levels of the tree of life, and the multiples of seven and how they factor into our biology. What Teresa Vavila said was that the soul was a crystal that had seven mansions. And I thought that was so intriguing to me that she, again, was using the template of seven. And so why I was drawn to her work was, one, she's... In, in part of a massive mystical renaissance that we are living right now, all of us. There is a mystical awakening that has been going on within our spiritual culture for the last, I would say, 10, maybe 15 years, a very strong mystical awakening. And people are drawn, just so drawn, compelled to return to the work of great classic mystics like Teresa of Avila, like John of the Cross, like Rumi, like all these wonderful, wonderful, rich, classic mystics. People use phrases like, I'm in a dark night of the soul, as if it's become part of our contemporary language, not even realizing perhaps that they're using a, a mystical condition that was articulated first by a 16th century Spanish Carmelite who, I mean, who lived in the 1600s along with Teresa of Avila, and they had no idea that he was describing a state of great mystical transformation while he was being tortured and, and, and locked under in a latrine for eight months and being tortured and in that incredible deep state he reached for a higher state of consciousness and he wrote this in a poem called the dark night of the soul and yet that phrase has found its way into our common vocabulary it's it's so in our vocabulary. It's funny that yeah. you bring that up because I, I jokingly mm-hmm. used that term the other day mm-hmm. to explain my 30s. I called it the decade of the dark night. Yeah, but you see, I mean, I, I, and you use it quite to, to express a, um, a casual depression. Yes, exactly. And in fact, it is a, a process of deep and abiding mystical transformation and awakening. And so when I look at um, what, what I re- recognize in people is that great acts of mystical awakening and profound mystical callings are occurring in people 
that are very akin to what the classic mystics recognized. And in their day, they would have gone off to monasteries, not because they were recluses. That's what people think, and that's not true. They went there because that's where their companions were. And that's where people who had such powerful spirits went. Powerful souls sought the companionship of other powerful souls within monasteries. And these people who have mystical callings are not recluses. They are fire people. They are people who have high-voltage temperaments. They're stubborn people. They're ferocious people. These are the people that heaven calls into service. Well, Carolyn, what you're talking about is such an important factor right now. There are people that are coming out that have never come out before and are speaking their word and have a passion for what it is they want to say. And it's, not, and it's, you know, it's beyond what they want to say now. It's what people need to do. Exactly. I mean, the, the time of just speaking is over with. We, we need to become um, people of action again. Mm-hmm. We need to become people of transformation again. And that's what a mystic was. A mystic was, a mystic is, a person who has opened up the power of their soul beyond the imagination, beyond the thoughts of their mind. They, they are, a mystic is someone who, who moves past the experience of God as a collection of words and thoughts and debates of the intellect. And moves into the experience of God, which is one of complete surrender, in which case the divine reveals itself to you, and you are not allowed to articulate what you think God is. Rather, God reveals itself to you as it is. Mm. And that is a very transforming experience because you are no longer able to say that this is what God is. Rather, God says, no, this is what I am. And you are rendered silent. And a mystic is one who goes into the experience of God. And it becomes a very humbling experience. Not, and by humbling, it is not, um, people understand humbling in the same tone as they do to be humiliated. But a mystical humbling means that one finally recognizes that to attempt to define the nature of God is a fool's move, mm. much less to go to war over it. Mm. Let's, uh, Carolyn, let's take a short break. When we come back, more with mm. Carolyn Mace entering the castle. We've got lots to talk about. I want to also make sure that everyone listening to, to the show knows that Carolyn uh, will be uh, certainly along the West Coast uh, in March, but more importantly in the Seattle area on March 25th. Uh, for you, for more information on on this uh, and 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 many of the places Carolyn's going, you can go right to her website, mace.com, m-y-s-s.com. I'm Dr. Pat Basili. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. When we come back, more with Carolyn Mace and entering the castle.
heart disease is the number one killer in the world? Did you know strokes and heart attacks are preventable when your risk factors are assessed accurately and treated? A revolutionary, non-invasive ultrasound imaging of the arteries of the neck, known as IMT carotid scan, can indicate precisely the degree of plaque in the arteries. To make an appointment to see what your heart is doing, please call Holistique Medical Center at 425-451-0404. Find out more about IMT carotid scan by visiting drdarvish.com. That's D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. To win a free IMT carotid scan, send an email to info at drdarvish.com and state why this test is so important to you. Your heart is your most important commodity. Take care of it and have it scanned. 425-451-0404. Are you tired of worrying about money? Are you ready to let go of your money baggage? Karen Ramsey is offering a money makeover challenge to one of the Dr. Pat Show's loyal listeners. To enter the challenge, send an email to caring at caringmoney.com. And in 50 words or less, tell us why you should be selected for this amazing money makeover. Karen will help you realistically look at your bottom line, set up a spending plan and savings plan. Win a money makeover with Karen Ramsey. To enter, send an email to caring at caringmoney.com by March 20th. And one of Dr. Pat's loyal listeners will be announced on our March 22nd show. Listen to The Dr. Pat Show weekdays at 11 or go to the website www.thedrpatshow.com for more details. You have nothing to lose but your financial worry. Looking for the perfect way to connect with your children all year long? Give your entire family the gift of heartfelt conversations through the magic of Carla Miller's Seeds of Discovery books. Each Unbound book is a unique interactive experience with simple life lessons for all children and adults. Lighthearted, colorful illustrations attract the attention of children and stimulate interaction with adults. Through titles like I Love Myself When, Why Am I Here, I Know I Can, Yes I Am, I Am, and others. Adults can share creative, fun, meaningful, and long-lasting experiences with their children who will learn about themselves with messages of loving self-image and emotional reinforcement. Love your children by giving your whole family the gift of inspired conversation with Seeds of Discovery books by Carla Miller. Seeds of Discovery books can be found at the Center for Spiritual Living, Island Books, Seattle Unity Church Bookstore, or by going to seedsofdiscovery.com or calling 888-426-1632. That's 888-426-1632. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I want to welcome you to this conversation, Entering the Castle. Uh, my guest today, as I've said before, is best-selling author Carolyn Mace and the founder of CMED Institute. Uh, for those of you listening to the show and you're thinking, Entering the Castle, where have I heard that? Well, you've heard that because the book is out 
and it is available uh, pretty much everywhere. And so if you want to uh, make sure you get a copy of that, you could probably get that. Carolyn, what's the best place? It's everywhere, correct? Well, it's everywhere. It's at Borders. It's at Barnes & Noble. It's on my website, um, mace.com, M-Y-S-S.com. So it's everywhere. Excellent. I'd encourage everybody to get this book. It's really um superb, superb piece of work. I have to say that myself, and I rarely would say that about my own work. But it really is, um, it turned my life around to go into the mystical experience. And I absolutely believe that people are drawn, drawn, drawn to a deeper mystical life now, Pat. I, I just see it um, in people. You know, and it's, it's uh, interesting you say that. We have called this year, uh, every year we have a theme. This year we've called this the year of action. And it's interesting that you've talked about that, not that other years shouldn't have been years of action. But um, it comes from exactly what you're talking about. So many of the listeners, so many of the calls that we get uh, from people are people that are really sensing something different, something yearning in themselves. And I wanted to ask you, do you see this as a, a, a pivotal uh, time for people that if they don't take action, there will be a consequence, so to speak? Well, you know, that kind of question reminds me of, of sort of the um, Armageddon thinking. Um, but let me say that we I just finished recording The Sacred Contract of America. And I think the combination of going, which is a look at the mystical agreements that underlie the soul of this nation. And again, it's into the mystical, which means mystery. What is mystical about? What is a mystical experience about? And a mystical experience, whether you look at the nation or whether you look at your, your own mystical life, is about pursuing a deeper level of your relationship to life in such a way that you don't run away from your mysteries, but you rather run toward them. And you run in, you embrace the mysteries that form the texture of your life in such a way as you begin to realize they are the forest through which you discover God. Now we are not a culture that is comfortable with God. Mm. We are a culture that's comfortable with spirituality. If you define spirituality as self-healing and a mental experience and um, a very self-serving type of dynamic, but we are not comfortable with a mystical theology in which one enters into a passionate love affair with God. That is not part of our culture. Not at all. So that, because if in fact a person had a deeply mystical, profound experience with God, their, their deep practice of being present with God and a yearning to be of service to others would be their priority and not a weekend retreat option. You know, Carolyn, uh, one of the things that uh, I've read uh, recently is this yearning, the soul's calling, as mm -hmm. you've talked about. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about the soul's ca calling and how this 
plays out in entering the castle? Well, you know, every single person has a fundamental yearning to be awed by the sacred path. Mm-hmm. We, we, we're drawn to that. That's where we're drawn to sacred sites. And we're drawn to stories of miracles. And, and we're drawn to holy places. Because there's a part of us that is compelled to touch that sacred. And equally, there's a part of us that's terrified of it. Because what we're so terrified of is that if we have an authentic experience of the sacred, we no longer have an option as to the quality with which we live our lives. In other words, we no longer can have an option about the level of consciousness with which we live our lives. We can no longer divide the line between whether or not we will be conscious. You must be conscious if, in fact, you have an interior experience of God. If you keep God at the mental level, consciousness is an option. If God gets into the walls of your soul, then consciousness is not an option. And that is the difference between a mystic and someone who just shops around for spiritual experiences. You know, for so long, I think, Caroline, that uh, we've we've gotten to know this idea of being a mystic as something for a handful of people. And uh, the sense I get, especially from your work, is that it's not for a hand, handful of people. That we we have a choice to embark on the journey of our lives. Am I am I correct or am I off on um, that? Um, being a, a mystic is not a an option for a handful of people anymore. Okay. I think that when people pursue questions such as, "For what reason have I been born?" Uh-huh. What they don't realize is that's not a question. That's a divine invocation for a very profound quality of grace. And that type of grace is called your charism, a unique force of grace that you are invoking in your life and you're saying, I want to know what you want me to do with this life you've given me. And in that instant, when you ask that question, it's as if you are saying to God, let the ego life I've been living dissolve and let my soul's calling emerge. And that's when people undergo the, the, the initiation of fire. And their lives begin, the, the, the life that they constructed, their first life, which is always constructed by the ego, the ego that seeks out how to survive, the ego that, that is greedy, the ego that seeks out where, what, um, uh, recognition. That part of you gets beaten to shreds. But what emerges out of that is a part of you that finds what genuine empowerment really is and how it comes from the soul and what the difference is between feeling the the pathological need for approval of other people which controls 99% of humanity to the delicious feeling of being liberated from that and being able to close your eyes and truly listen to inner instruction from God, which 99% of the time is completely absurd. Mm. But most people can't hear that type of guidance because the first thing they will do is think, what will other people think? And so they abort it because their primary target in life is other people's approval. And until that that 
target is dissolved until a soul can be, a person can be strong enough to detach from the need for other people's approval they're not in their soul they're in their ego and they live a soul spirituality they live a, a spirit they live an ego spirituality and and not a soul's mystical life you know, Carolyn, uh, one of the things that you've just said is I'm so struck by this idea of not living in terms of other people's approval. And yet at the same time, we are so bombarded. And anyone that turns on a television, anyone that listens to a radio show other than this one, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, even this one sometimes, uh, you know, we're hit by what we should be, mm-hmm. what we need to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, what we need to say. I mean, I was even cautioned uh, uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, I was told that if you ever plan to be syndicated, you have to stop talking like that. I said, stop talking like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so every day it seems like we're faced with the challenges of really taking a look and letting go of this need to approve. That's right. It's it's, it's a very rigorous Rigorous, rigorous challenge. Make no mistake. There's nothing easy about that. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Absolutely nothing easy about it. How did you do that? Well, you know, I I think um, part of me was never that attached to anything or anybody to start with. I think I just had a, a mechanism that was, I was born unattached I can't explain that uh-huh. yet any other way than saying I was born unattached. And and I think what what supported that was I never wanted to do what anybody wanted to do. And it wasn't out of being a, re- a rebel. Okay. It wasn't because, well, I don't want to go there because uh, to be rebellious. Mm-hmm. I never had a desire to be rebellious. I simply wasn't interested in what other people were interested in. And I And, and I think that may be what a writer's nature is like. I wanted to create my own. I, I was completely enchanted with my own ideas. And so I had no desire, for example, to be competitive with anybody because I knew, for example, I could never compete in athletics. I'm not athletic. I could never compete in music. I don't have any talent. I, I, when I looked at all the competitive things, I can't compete in anything. I have absolutely nothing I could beat anybody at or with. So, and that didn't bother me at all. So there was nothing I could attach to. And, but what I, what I eventually just, so I just turned into a student of thought. And what I then discovered was that I had a genius that had no, um, equal as a medical intuitive. Mm-hmm. And, I, and because there was nobody else on the horizon. So who was I going to pe- compete with then? Now there are millions of people who say they're medical intuitives, and that's fine. But when I first emerged, there wasn't. That's right. All right, I was the first on the on lead here, and it wasn't anybody else. So, And I'm not competitive anyway. So, okay, so that developed. So what was there to attach to? And if and and I never had that sense of needing someone else's approval because my parents were so generous with that, as were uh, the rest of my family. So uh, other people's approval never meant anything to me, and and somehow or other, that's how I came out of the oven. Mm-hmm. Nobody's approval meant anything to me, 
except my parents, and I had that. And so that's how I walked my merry way in this lifetime. And, and that's how you were able to create the body of work that you've created, though, isn't it? Well, I, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't have a sense of attaching mm-hmm. to, to, to other people at all. I don't have that. I don't have attachments. I never look backwards. I never look at photographs. I never look at history. I, I never listen to my own, I have never once listened to an audio tape I, of mine. I've never read a, once something is done, it's done. I never look backwards. I never, ever, ever look at a photo album. Nothing. I have no history. I do not attach to a thing. Mm. Well, Carolyn, let's take a short break. We've got mm-hmm. so much to talk about. And I want to thank you uh, for taking time out of your tour and joining us today. Uh, for, folks, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, more with Carolyn Mace entering the castle. I want to remind you, March 25th at the Washington State Convention and Trade Center. Uh, lots of information on the website, macemyss.com. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show and Carolyn Mace. Thank you. If you'd like to learn how to make $500 an hour by helping people to stop smoking, call 1-800-305-9129. If you would like a brand new career saving people's lives, call 1-800-305-9129. In a simple four-day training, Smoke Free International will teach you how to use their unique stop smoking in one-hour hypnosis system. Call 1-800-305-9129. That's 1-800-305-9129. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Producer Benny here for the Dr. Pat Show. Carolyn Mace, I want to remind you, is coming to Seattle to present a workshop based on her new book, Entering the Castle, on March 25th. Now, Dr. Pat, today, don't forget, today is giving away tickets to 15 lucky callers and a chance to go to Carolyn Mace's workshop. So listen in and enjoy the interview with Carolyn Mace. And don't forget, 15 winners when you hear the cue to call for this magical journey with Carolyn Mace. Don't forget, when you hear the cue to call and attend this powerful workshop. McDonald's Northwest Women's Show is a show that's all about you, your body, your spirit, your life. Hundreds of exhibits, five entertainment stages, and best of all, shopping. Hear Marianne Williamson, Oprah's expert on spiritual guidance, love, and miracles, and celebrity fitness guru and author Bob Green. March 23rd through 25th, 10 till 6 daily at Quest Field Event Center. McDonald's Northwest Women's Show. It's such a girl thing. Show information at NW. Hello, this is Sue Newfeld Ellis. In our fast-paced, busy world, my new CD, Serenity Through Meditation, is just what you need. Through Stephen Halpern's sonic music entrainment and my voice, we will comfortably guide your brainwaves to that theta state of deep relaxation. To order your free copies of 25 Stress Reduction Tips, go to quantumhealing.us or call 425-455-4207. What would your life be like if you were outrageously joyful? If you have never even considered outrageous joy, then don't miss the Dr. Pat Show with Life Empowerment Coach Tara Crete, author of the ebook Living a Life with Zero Regrets, Five Radical Ways to Be Outrageously Joyful. Tara will show you how to change your life in her dynamic four-week teleclass series starting in March. Log on to innergood.com. That's innergood.com for your outrageous joy. 
Why do people travel across the globe to see Dr. Nusheen Darvish at the Holistic Medical Center in Bellevue? Is it her specialization in women's health, allergies, and chronic illness? Is it because she founded a uniquely comprehensive, integrative clinic for cutting-edge, non-invasive, and FDA-approved therapies that improve the health of all patients? Yes, it is. Find out for yourself. 425-451-0404. That's 425-451-0404. everyone welcome back to the dr pat show talk radio to thrive by again i want to mention my guest carolyn mace is here with us uh entering the castle both the tour uh the lecture uh as well as the book and we're talking about what this means entering the castle uh, i want to make sure that you know to go to the website mace.com check it out uh, if you are on the East Coast, you'll see that uh, she'll be over on the East Coast. She'll be uh, touring uh, throughout the, the, the country. So check it out. Find a place that's uh, close to where you are, and you'll be able to uh, uh, see Carolyn in person. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining the show. I, I want to get back to the book because mm-hmm. I know we talked a little bit about it. And you and I were talking during break about uh, your body of work. And, and every time I talk with you, there's something new. There's something fresh. Uh, there's something important for us to hear. And I wanted to ask you this book. How is this book different? Not just, okay, this is the way I've written the book, book but how are you different from writing this book? Well, uh, this book, I wrote this book as the result of Invisible Acts of Power. Um, in that book, I was so intrigued with our need to be of service and why people who undergo serious um, transitions in life um, in order, those who make it through serious transitions in life always come out with a, an insight that they need to be of service now, that the more refined spirit is one who seeks a way to serve others instead of being self-serving. And that that intrigued me, so I studied service. And as I looked at service, what intrigued me all the more was how much I was, as I discovered that it's the smallest, smallest things we do for each other have such profound, lifelong, incredible transformations. They ignite people. I received letters from people who decided not to commit suicide because somebody smiled at them. And what I realized from that was that these are not ordinary smiles or ordinary, um, or that, or that people, their dignity was restored because somebody um, was, as a homeless person, a former homeless person wrote me, and said that his dignity was restored not because someone gave him $10, but because somebody was not afraid to touch him, to mm. touch him in his dirty clothes and say, I will pray for you and you will get out of this. What restored his dignity was not money, but human contact. And what I realized was these people must be channeling grace. They are not, this is not ordinary smiles 
or ordinary human contact, but rather these are profound acts of channeling grace. And as soon as I thought about that, I I realized that life is genuinely about what the mystics have always said life is about. It is truly a journey of enlightenment and a journey of illumination. And that we contain within ourselves so much power to help alleviate the suffering and the and, and, and of each other and make such a profound difference. And the reason that we don't tap into that, the reasons we don't are very easy to understand, but part of it is that there's no glamour in the the function of grace. It's invisible and it is something that requires a great deal of prayer and and faith. It, it does not have immediate consequences, and the five senses want to see results right away. So a person who is a channel for grace has to have a profoundly strong soul to hold on to the to the truth that grace always produces great consequences. When I looked at that, I decided that I wanted to pursue a, a look into the mystical journey of the contemporary person. And it was, um, I, I suppose it was um, after that that I took a look at the work of Teresa of Avila. And I realized true, truly that I believe so many people in not just our our contemporary society but you brought up a question earlier which is you know are we on such a verge of change and I, I think that our world is a world in chaos and you have to be blind not to see that and that if you you know you listen to commercials or you watch TV and and they would have you believe that nothing's changing and that you can continue to invest in your 401k and, and, and the society will be the same in 10 years as it is today. But that's a bit of a fool's belief because at the same time, you're living in a world where we are told any minute it can go up in a terrorist ball of flame. So which world is real here? And at the same time, people are, we, we are the generation that grew up supposedly fueled by this desire to be of spiritual service to to what? To whom? To make this world a more conscious place. Well, that that time has come. You you the time has come for us to emerge and discover that this yearning people have to be of to to discover their highest potential when people say what is my purpose what is my highest potential and this you know what is my sacred contract they'll always say that hoping it will be a job an occupation where they'll be admired where they'll get a a secure job and work two days a week so they can get three days off and never have to work for someone else again and and everyone will think they're just so terrific and but that's, that's sort of a madness that has been fostered in this new age culture that everybody has this great highest potential and they talk like I know I was born to do something great and wonderful 
And the fact is you were. Only that great and wonderful passion you're longing to find is not outside of yourself, but it's inside and it's deep within the texture of the soul. As I look across rooms when I teach and I look at people's faces and I'll say, look at yourselves. You're in your 40s, you're in your 50s. If you think for one moment that you're going to take your money and invest it in a new higher potential uh, venture, you're out of your mind. You're not going to do that. You don't want to leave the person you're with, no matter how angry you're at, you're with them. You don't want to start your lives all over again. You don't want to up and start a brand new business so that you could discover your highest potential. You're going to be here two years from now still asking what your highest potential is because you're not going anywhere. Because the truth is, you want your whole external life to change so that you don't have to do anything. Because the truth is, you don't want to leave the life you have. You simply want to find a way to make the life you have become the life you want. And that's what going into the soul is about. When I took a look at the work of Teresa of Avila and her map of seven mansions, at first I thought that this map was a route that matched the chakras. And I thought this would be a mystical route to the chakras. I was mistaken there, it's not. But what it is, is a very profound map of illumination that takes an individual into the territory of the deep self or the soul, which is a a journey of deep, deep excavation because what, a, what we have to do in our culture to get into this place called the soul is we have to get past our compulsion to, to be creatures of reason. And reason and the soul are natural enemies. We have a God of reason. We worship at the altar of reason. We think God is a mind. We say, well, there must be a reason for this. What's in the mind of God? We need reasons to do everything. We need reasons for this and reasons for that. And we have to, and no matter what happens to us, we'll sit there, well, there must be a reason for this. Why? It could just happen. Oh, don't say that. There must be a reason. God must have a reason. Mm. There's got to be a reason. And for us, the very thought of divine surrender is absolutely the most unreasonable thing you can think of. What do you mean surrender? That's the most unreasonable thing. What do you mean forgive? Forgiveness is totally unreasonable. Mm. That's why forgiveness is, in fact, a mystical act. Because it's a mystery that you could do that. Because it is an act of mysticism. That's why most people can't forgive. It's totally unreasonable. You're asking them to do something unreasonable. And we are so reason-bound that that is why they're not anywhere near the soul. They're in their mind. So when you ask them about where God is, God's in the mind, of course. Where do you think God is? So I took this text and I said, no, this time we're going in deep. And this journey of going into these seven mansions is a journey, the, the very, is, is a journey of how to defeat reason and the power it has over you and start that deep excavation into the power of your soul. And it is hard work because in each of these mansions 
are many, many rooms. And in these rooms, I take you in there, and I describe the work you have to do in each of these rooms. And I discuss at great length and detail what's in each of these mansions and what that state of consciousness is like and the type of work you have to do on yourself in each of these mansions. And it's and it begins a process of gradually breaking down the illusions you hold about the nature of power and about your attachment to chaos and about your need to be able to create chaos because it's a language that you use as distraction and about still in the midst of your madness how you can feel God calling you mm. and what that sounds like and mm-hmm. what that feels like. Well, let's take a short break, Carolyn. This is... This is such a profound conversation for so many people listening to this. I want to make sure that when we come back, we continue this. I, I, I also want folks to know, uh, if you want to find out more about the tour, if you want to find out more about the book, the book is available everywhere. Uh, I'm here with Carolyn Mace. It's called Entering the Castle. Uh, if you are going to be in the Seattle area on the 25th of March, well, of course, you can catch her here. But if not... Uh, she's going to be traveling uh, across the country, uh, Phoenix, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Denver, Philadelphia, Tulsa. All of this is on the website, mace.com. When we come back, more with Carolyn Mace, more about the book, and more about this invitation for you to enter the castle. Stay tuned. I'm Dr. Pat Pasilli. We'll be right back. is the ancient spiritual teachings of the people of Hawaii. Most people who study Huna want to know more about themselves and the world around them. If you are interested in a more spiritual view of the world and want to discover a whole new universe around you, then Huna is for you. Call 800-800-MIND or go to Huna.com to learn about the March 10th through 18th Huna event in Kona, Hawaii. Mention the Dr. Pacho when you call the Empowerment Partnership. Whatever you think you are, you're more than that. Meals on Wheels, we delivered over 400,000 meals to the homes of the housebound and elderly all throughout King County. But you know what? Meals on Wheels, hey, we're running out of gas. Due to rising fuel prices, lower government assistance, we're unable to deliver over 100,000 meals this year. Get us back on the road. Help us. Watch for the March-April Meals on Wheels fund drive and learn more at 206-268-6785. Thanks. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. I cannot believe how quickly the hour passes when I get to have a conversation with Carolyn Mace, my my very special guest today. We're talking about entering the castle, not just the book, but the book is out there. And again, it's fabulous. Uh, it as, as Carolyn has mentioned, this is a book that is exactly what most of you have asked for. You have said, you know, I need I need a blueprint. I need a template. I need something to help me. Take the steps that I need to take. Uh, not only that, it's also an invitation, as we've said before. More importantly, I want to make sure that if you have an opportunity to see Carolyn in person, that you check out the website mace.com and find out where she's going to be in your area. She will be in the Seattle area March 25th. 
Uh, Carolyn, again, thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, my pleasure, Pat. Uh, you know, we've talked about the book, we've talked about the tour, and what I would like to, to ask you is, as you go from city to city to city, uh, how do you integrate the message to people of moving from where they are today and taking that step to enter the castle? Well, I, I think that um, what I encourage people to do is to... Take a very deep breath and close their eyes and and ask themselves what it is they want from God and what it is they want from their own life's journey. And if they live a petition spiritual life, i.e., God, can I have this? Can I have that? Will you take care of me? Will you protect me? And if they live at that petition level of prayer, or if they really, 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 if they live at that can I have more level of prayer and God, or if they genuinely have a deep and profound sacred life, in which case they look at life as I need to make this world a better place. That's why I was born. I was born to be of service, not to myself, not to my endless healing, not to my endless wounds. That's got to stop. That's got to stop. Enough. There comes a point when mourning over the fact that your, your history was not perfect no longer serves you. And there comes a point where you have to say, I need to go back and rethink and serve, go into the service of others and learn what it is to touch grace and learn what it is to pray and go into self-reflection and not make my values how fast can I do things? How much more can I accomplish? How, how much, how many, how much, what do you call that, multitasking can I do? Oh, yeah, totally. Those aren't values. That's insanity. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no time for self-reflection, for contemplation, for deep and profound inner thought. This is where a person should live. This is where a person who is deeply committed to an inner life takes their values and say, wait a minute, if I want to help make this world a better place, help make me a better person, truly live a congruent soul life, then I've got to rethink what my values are. And in doing this, what one realizes is they've made a commitment that away automatically awakens their highest potential. They don't have to search for their highest potential. What they discover is they've become their highest potential. Mm. Mm. You know, Carolyn, uh, what you've just said for me is a process that people have definitely expressed a need a hunger to almost fulfill i mean if one could take a look and step back and say i i'm not my past i don't have to rework these issues i have i've had several people very clearly say oh my god if i'm not my past what am i mm -hmm. isn't that part of the letting go isn't that part of the obsession that we all get 
with holding on to something we're familiar with? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's also, it's, it's part of one's power complex. It's part of their, you know, their po- there's power in wounds. There's power in possessions. There's power in status. Um, you know, there's power in what you think you should have or what you, in what you once had. There's power in all of that for people. That's that illusion of attachment. But that's what, what, what a person does not understand until they've been there is how much true power is in not needing that. Mm. But it's not unlike trying to explain to, to someone who's never had a child how much you will know you will love that child once you get that child. Right. And it's nothing but theory. To the little girl, when you look at your daughter and say, one day you'll have a child of your own and you will love her as much as I love you. And the little girl looks at the mother and says, okay, I guess I will. (laughs) And it's nothing but theory. You know that when your daughter has a child, the daughter will absolutely fall in love with her child the way you've fallen in love with your own daughter. But... Until that time happens, until there is an experience at the end of this story or end of, end of the example, it is only words for people. And this is why I wrote Entering the Castle. I was desperate to find a way to make the soul more than just a word for people. I wanted to animate this power that the mystics were so transformed by. I wanted absolutely to make it accessible. And especially since as I look at the world, what I see so very clearly is repeats of great patterns in the history of humanity in which we go through cycles of great turmoil and chaos. And during periods like that, at the beginning of a plague or um, other great times of the, of the great black death on Earth, uh, in, in middle Europe and etc. There are times when societies go through such struggles and, when they, and, and just like now they pulled out the Armageddon mythologies just as the, the European civilization approached the, the first millennium, the year 1000. They were convinced it was the end of time. It was going to be the millennium. When they, when they hit the black plague the uh, in, in Europe at the and, and everyone was beginning to die from this unidentified, uh, unidentifiable illness that looked so horrible with pop marks and they couldn't figure out where it was coming from or, or how to cure it. Well, then it must be the end of time and, and it was Armageddon as well. And here we are again with all the sky gods. The myths of all of our sky gods are colliding and it must be Armageddon once again. Uh, we've got a president who's screaming about the rapture in the White House, convinced that God's talking to him, and all kinds of... It's, it's, it's an extraordinary time of insanity on this earth. But in times gone by, when there's been such madness, not quite as mad as now, but in other times, the way that the candle, the candle carriers, the, the people who have lit the way have included many great people, among them mystics, among them people who have said, let us rise to a higher level of thought and action and let us see our way through this 
by going inward into the power of the human soul to get through this chaos. Because this is a time when either people turn to madness and they go and they lose their capacity to reason or they transcend the limitations of reason and they go to the force of inspiration. Thank you for joining us today for the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by.